Amen, everybody. Let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. We, we stand to honor the Word of God. Um, Jesus warned that in the last days there would be pandemic deception. When they said to him, Lord, what's the sign of your coming of the end of the age? First thing out of his mouth. Beware lest anybody deceive you. And I'm talking to my disciples, you. Beware lest anybody deceive you. He went on to say it three more times in the same chapter, saying deception would come through false Christs, false messiahs, false prophets, false teachers, false messaging about Jesus. Matter of fact, not only will people come up on the scene that say, literally, I'm Jesus, but the wrong Jesus would be taught a skewed Jesus, a, a, a different Jesus, would be taught and popularized, would gain traction and spread. And it was a warning, a warning to his people. Now I want to just tell you today, that's happening like never before in history. These things are happening. Social media is one of the mediums that has made it possible there's a false prophet, false teacher on every street corner on the internet. They're everywhere. Now, it's not to say there's no right ones, but there's a whole lot of convincing, charismatic, I mean talking about magnetic personalities, persuasive people uh, that look good that are presenting a false Christ. So I'm calling this today the New Age Jesus. i got to deal with the New Age Jesus before I end this series. And today is the last uh, message in this series. But I'm going to talk to you about the New Age Jesus, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But let's read 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Here's Paul talking to the Corinthian church. I am afraid that your minds will be led away from your true and pure following of Christ. So deception begins in the mind. Your feet only go where your mind has first gone. This could happen, says Paul, in the same way Eve was tricked by that snake with his clever lies. Verse 4, here's his issue with the church. You seem to be quite patient with anybody who comes to you and tells you about a Jesus that is different from the Jesus we told you about. You're, you're embracing and receiving messages about a different Jesus. You're not picking up on it. You're not discerning it. You're not uh, uh, confronting it. Not only are you allowing it, you're soaking it in. And he says, that bring to you a, a Jesus that is different from the Jesus we told you about. The real Jesus. You're allowing teaching on fake Jesuses, wrong Jesuses. So my message today is going to talk about one in particular, a, a type of Jesus that has appeared on the modern scene in the last few decades, the New Age Jesus. Father, thank you for your word today. And I just pray that your word would penetrate, your word would bless, your word would minister. Lord, how we need the word of God as a light to our feet, a lamp to our feet, and a light to our path. 
Lord, and illuminate our minds today and help us to be discerning of different Jesuses. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God for the real Jesus. And let's, amen. Amen. Now, again, Paul is upbraiding uh, the Corinthian church for allows, allowing a false Jesus, uh, a different Jesus, to be taught in their midst. He's essentially saying, what are you doing? How come you're not picking up on it? Uh, how come you're not discerning it? Uh, your discernment is MIA. You know, you, you, the Corinthian church was, is the church that was so into spiritual gifts. They were so hungry for the moves of God. Uh, we read Paul's writings to the Corinthian church, teaching them all about the nine gifts of the Spirit, how to operate in the gifts. Uh, they were the gifted church, but being the gifted church, they were not the discerning church. Think about that. Really heavy into the gifts, but where was the gift of discernment? It wasn't operating, because here's people standing up talking about a different Jesus, and they were just soaking it in. Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, kumbaya, bring it. Bring it. Okay? Now, why is it so important that we understand the real Jesus? Why would Jesus harp on being careful of a false Jesus, a false Christ? Well, that's easy because he himself said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you're not going to get to the Father, the real God, the creator of God, unless you go through me. You're not going to get to God. You're not going to experience genuine salvation. If you're not taught the real Jesus, how are you going to get to God if the map is wrong, if the phone number is wrong, if the address is wrong? If I want to get to somebody, somebody's house, and they give me an address, if even one of the numbers is wrong, I'm, I'm going to knock on the door of a stranger. Uh, you, you give me your phone number. If even one of the numbers is wrong in the phone number, I'm going to get somebody saying hello who I don't know. If I want to travel cross country, i got to have a map that is accurate. Even my GPS has led me to empty parking lots before. So if I have Jesus wrong, it matters way more than getting the wrong address. Because I'm, I'm not going to get to the right place and I'm going to encounter a stranger, not Jesus. A stranger. So false teachers, false Christ, false prophets, false messages about Jesus have covered the globe ever since he was born. The devil has attacked his person, his work, what he came to do, what he was about, who he really was. It's been attacked, undermined, skewed, mixed up, diluted, watered down, shaded. Anything the devil can do from, from you getting to the right address, which is heaven. Take the cults. They always twist Jesus. The cults are cults because of how they twist Jesus. That's why they're a cult, because they twist Jesus. 
They mess with Jesus, who he was. There's a Mormon Jesus. There's a Jehovah's Witness Jesus. There, there is an Islamic Jesus. And all of them are not the real Jesus. Take the Mormon Jesus. The Mormons teach a Jesus that was a pre-existent spirit and the brother of the devil. Did you know that? The Mormons teach that Jesus was the brother of Lucifer. That's not my Jesus. Oh, no, no. He came to destroy the works of Lucifer. Not his bro. He's not his bro. They also, just, just for good measure, they teach that Jesus married Mary, the sister of Lazarus, and he married Mary Magdalene, and he married Martha. So the Mormon Jesus is a Jesus in polygamy. Three wives. That's the Mormon Jesus. That's not my Jesus. But, but isn't it funny how they grow? And people don't pick up on it. How about the Jehovah's Witness Jesus? He, he's taught as the first created being of Jehovah God. So he was not God. He was created. He was made. He came to be. He appeared on the stage of time and space and history somewhere back there. But that's not my Jesus because my Jesus is God. He always was and always will be. From everlasting to everlasting, he's God. But the Jehovah's Witnesses are a humongous cult. And people believe these things because they don't, are not taught the real Jesus. If you knew the real thing, you would hear these cult's messages and you would say, thank you, but no thank you. But when you don't know your Bible, you're sucked in. The Jesus of Islam was a prophet, but not the Son of God. He didn't die on the cross. He didn't come back from the dead, according to Islam, according to the Quran. That's a different Jesus. My Jesus died on the cross. My Jesus was sinless. My Jesus, the Bible Jesus, died for your sins and mine. And the Bible Jesus, after three days and nights, got up from the dead. King of kings, Lord of lords, conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. But think about it. When you add up the sheer numbers of those three cults, the sheer numbers, hundreds of millions of people who have believed that Jesus are going to die in their sins. Because they've been told a different Jesus. I've dedicated my life, we've dedicated this church to preaching the real McCoy, the real Jesus, the real thing. That's why I'm bringing this message. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Now, just like the Corinthian church had been invaded, they had been invaded by teachers teaching a different Jesus. America has experienced a new Steady infiltration of yet another false Christ. And that's, I'm calling the new age Jesus. Now you say, well, what's the new age? Let me tell you what the new age is. It's a movement, a real movement. It's a religion. They wouldn't call it that, but that's what it is. It's a mixture of science and Eastern mysticism with a generous splash of the occult. It is Eastern mysticism. It comes from Eastern teaching, Buddhism, Hinduism, occult teaching. It, it promises a way to spiritual experience. New Age is very spiritual. It's just the wrong kind of spiritual. 
is extremely spiritual. Unlike all other world religions, they don't have a holy book. There's no Bible. There's no New Age Bible. No central organization or headquarters. No membership. And there's no formal clergy. If they have a clergy, it is their most famous authors who author books. Some of them, I'm going to give you the title in a minute. And then they go on the circuit having conferences and teaching. So I guess if they have a clergy, it's the authors, the propagators, the mass propagators of New Age teaching. New Age uses major words uh, and, and phrases that sound like Christian phrases. They're designed so that a Christian won't say, well, wait a minute, that's not right. No, they use words and phrases like, like Jesus, spirit, spiritual, transformation, new world coming, unity, oneness, Christ, cosmic Christ, universal Christ. Words that we hear and we go, oh, well, that must be Christian. But it's not. They have very different meanings than what a Christian would understand them to mean. They are words redefined and retailored to grab people like you and me because we think it's Christian. But when they add their definition to it, we realize, no, that's not the way I learned that word. This is why a lot of Christians are deceived into thinking the New Age is another cry for world peace or really another safe way to experience spiritual things. But the fact is the New Age is nothing more than repackaged occultism. Why am I talking about this? Because you heard something New Age this week. And you'll hear something New Age this week coming. You're, you hear New Age things all the time. And, and lately, over the last couple of decades, they're coming from pulpits. People who don't know any better. Or worse, they do know. Peggy Taylor, co-owner of a popular bookstore in Milwaukee, said in an interview, quote, most bookstores have renamed their occult section New Age. It was a helpful term to allow mainstream people to start looking at what was thought of as a cult. Because then when it said a cult, uh, some people wouldn't go in there. But when it says New Age, they go in. Because it doesn't sound so bad. But it's repackaged occultism. In reality, the New Age movement isn't new at all. It's a bundle of old deceptions wearing a brand new suit. Its teachings, as I've said, originate straight out of Buddhism, Hinduism, and Western occultism. They don't originate with real Christianity at all. These teachings have successfully captivated many people, including professing Christians, who have decided they're bored with church as usual. So they start looking for something new. They get itching ears. So they search for teachers and communicators who will tell them that new thing, something new. Give me something novel. Give me something new. Give me something different. I'm tired of the same old, same old. The Bible warns the spirit. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The Spirit clearly says to me, 
that in the last days some will abandon the faith and will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So demons teach. Do you ever stop to think about that? The devil's not just a funny-looking little fellow running around with a tail and a red suit and a pitchfork. That's stupid. The devil is a fallen mighty archangel. And his demon cohorts teach. They communicate. They communicate concepts about God, about the Bible, about eternal life, about heaven, hell, you, where you came from, what you're about, what God is really like. They teach. And it's doctrines, teachings of demons. And Paul said a lot of Christians in the last days are going to be pulled away from the faith and go after that. And I'm telling you, one of the big ones now is New Age. Now, of course, the New Age brings Jesus into their message to give it the appearance of being connected to him. And that's why I'm calling this a New Age Jesus. It's the Jesus the New Age folks present. So it's a New Age Jesus. One of their most popular authors wrote a bestseller entitled The Reappearance of the Christ. Well, I see that in a Christian bookstore shelf. I'm going, oh, that looks good. The Reappearance of the Christ. We're all looking for the Lord to return. Another New Age author took a page out of the New Testament book of Revelation and called his book Revelation, the Birth of the New Age. But he doesn't mean the new age, the new heaven, and the new earth that Jesus mentions in the book of Revelation at the end of the book. He's talking about the, 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 the birth of the new age that I'm presenting to you today, the false stuff. Other popular new age books include the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus, the Lost Years of Jesus. One book considered to be the Bible of the new age is entitled A Course in Miracles, and the author claims... It was dictated to her by an inner voice claiming to be Jesus. She literally says, Jesus dictated this book to me, but when you read it, it's anything but Christian. But she's pulling Jesus into her deception. Jesus gave this to me. This is straight off the skillet, straight off the platter, straight out of heaven. Truth is, the New Agers uh, only look to Jesus as an example, somebody to be equal to, is not somebody to be worshipped or obeyed like, like we see him, like we view him. New Age is very widespread. Get a load of this. 30 years ago, in a 1993 article in the Los Angeles Times, New Ager Marilyn Ferguson said that, quote, sociologists now estimate that as many as 12 million Americans could be considered active New Age participants, and another 30 million are avidly interested. That's 30 years ago. Where is it now? If all these people, she goes on to say, were brought together in a church-like organization, it would be the third largest religious denomination in America. Third largest. That's how big it has become. In fact, the New Age movement has been called the fastest-growing alternative belief system in America. New Age. Now, why does this matter to you and I today? Because New Age practices and beliefs have slithered, and I use that word 
carefully and on purpose slithered into the church. I'm going to give you a few ways. I could speak for weeks on just new age. I'm not going to, but it's so vast, so complicated, so multifaceted. I could spend weeks on it easy. But let me just give you a few ways new age teaching has slithered into the church. Here's one. The new age teaches that we are all gods. We're all gods. Did you know that? Your spouse doesn't realize that. You need to tell them. You married a god. Some of you have already told them that. Some of you wish it was true. Some of you think it's true. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Quoting new age person, you are a god and need to realize it, which is part of becoming enlightened. If you're enlightened, one of the things you realize is that you're a god. You're a god. You didn't know it, but you're a god. Yes, says the new age Jesus, you're divine. You're a little God. Isn't it interesting? You go back to the, the original temptation. First temptation of a human being was Satan coming to Eve. And what did he tell her? He said, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to become like God. And it appealed to her ego, her pride, her curiosity. And that was one of the baits that moved her to sin. For God knows, said the devil, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open. You'll be like God. That's the New Age message. Has this false belief gained tra uh, traction in the church? Has it really slithered into the church? Oh, yeah. One very well-known preacher proclaimed, quote, I'm directly quoting, man was created in the God class, was not created in the animal class. It was the God class. We are a class of gods. I'm going to answer that phone. There it went. Wouldn't that freak him out? Hello? All right. Another popular preacher said, Every man who has been born again is an incarnation. Now, what's he saying? Jesus was incarnated. What does that mean? He didn't have an earthly father. God was his father. That's how he was called the only begotten son. Because God was literally his father. He had no earthly father, so he had no fallen nature. He didn't have Adam's nature. So he didn't inherit a sinful nature like we did. So to say that we're all incarnated like him, because this preacher went on to say the believer is as much an incarnation as was Jesus of Nazareth. No, we're not. Yeah, we're born again, but we are not incarnated. I was born with a sinful nature. I am not literally, uh, physically, DNA-wise, begotten of God. But that's what they were preaching. He also said, Adam was the God of this world. But Adam is never called a God in the Bible. But he preached, Adam was the God of this world. Yet another well-known Christian author wrote, We were created to be gods over the earth. 
On one worldwide television broadcast, another preacher said, I am a little God. I have his name. I am one with him. I'm in covenant relationship. I am a little God. Hundreds of thousands of people heard that one. One more minister taught, the power of God, the Holy Ghost, is the spirit of dominion. It makes us a God. So there you have the New Age Jesus. If you listen to the message of New Age coming to you as Jesus, you're going to be told right off the bat, you're a God. Now listen to the next two quotes from a straight-up New Age book. It had nothing to do with Jesus. This is out of the New Age section. And see if it sounds similar. Quote, original sin is all about forgetting that we were all God. We're all divine. And again, you are God manifested in human form, made to perfection. You are God in a physical body. How is that different from you are little gods? I am a little God. New age bled into the church. Because I got news for you. You and me, we ain't God. Okay? No. Some of you don't like giving that up. Now watch this. How do I know that? The Lord God, this is Genesis 2-7. Here's where you and I came from. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man, everybody say man, man. became a living soul. Where did we come from? God formed us, shaped us, molded us, made us, created us. And last time I looked, if you're God, you're a creator, not a created. But we are created, and we are not a creator, so we're not God. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, it says in the Bible that we were made in his image. Yes, it does say that, but it doesn't mean that we're made gods. It can't mean physically, because God is a spirit, said Jesus. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So physically, you and I do not look like God, though some of you look in the mirror and think so. Especially if you've been working out good. But you're not God. I'm not God. What it means when it says we're made in his image is we are moral beings. We have a moral conscience. We have a sense of right and wrong, good and bad. True and false. Uh, we get guilty if we do something wrong because we have a sense of wrong and right. That's a God thing because God is a moral God. That's where the commandments came from. They came from God being a moral God. The Bible gives us moral laws that come from a moral God. And also we have an intellect that can reason, that can think, that can, that can decipher things and come to conclusions and make choices. That's a God thing. We have a mind that can reason. God gave us that. Your dog can't do that. Birds can't do that. Fish can't do that. You can do that. You're the only one of his creation that can do it. Because you're made in his image. And you have a soul that can fellowship with God. Dogs don't. Cats don't. Birds don't. 
I know I love dogs. I wish my dogs had a soul, but Jesus didn't die for the whole world, including dogs. Are they going to be in heaven? That's another topic altogether. If that's what will make you happy, they'll be there. But here's the thing. We have a soul that can fellowship with God. As we have worshipped God today, we've fellowshiped with Him. We talked with Him. We experienced His presence. We can love Him. We love Him because He first loved us. How do we respond to God? By our soul. So we have... Morality, we have intellect, we have souls, and that's how we're in his image. But we're not gods. We are created men and women. That's it. It ends there. I'm so glad I don't have the job of God. Amen? It'd be a dangerous thing if you could be God for a day. What would you do if you could be God for a day? There are some people at the end of that day wouldn't be here anymore. Okay. Second, the New Age Jesus discourages preaching the gospel. The New Age Jesus doesn't want the real gospel preached. Because the New Age Jesus, the message of the New Age Jesus is don't speak anything that offends somebody. Don't, don't talk about anything that offends. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want anybody feeling like they're not right. Your truth is your truth and mine is mine. And if it's true for you, it's true. If it's true for me, it's true. Don't tell somebody that your truth is better than theirs. Don't go there. I, I'm with you unless I'm sharing the word of God. Because God the creator is the only one that has the right to tell us what is true. And we can't argue with it. Because he gives us real, non-negotiable, absolute truth. So if God says it's true, it's true a hundred years ago, it's true a thousand years from now. Because God's truth is non-negotiable. It doesn't change, alter, twist, or shape itself to suit you and me. But New Age infected churches, in those churches here in the gospel, is a thing of the past. Have you noticed on Christian TV? I don't watch it much, I'm being honest with you. But I've noticed this. You rarely hear the gospel. You hear Christianity light. You hear motivational talks, therapeutic sermons, self-improvement messages. You're the answer. You got it going on, girl. You got it going on, guy. You go and take the world. It's yours for the taking because you're so incredible. And they build you up. And they de-deify Jesus. In a New age infected church, you don't learn about sin, hell, repentance, Jesus' work on the cross for salvation. Instead, you hear other stuff, encouraging stuff, motivational stuff, because they don't want people getting up and walking out or not supporting that church. They don't want to offend. But here's the problem my gospel offends. The gospel of the Bible offends. Jesus said, Blessed is he who's not offended in me. Jesus said, go into world, the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, preach the gospel. The gospel means repentance. It means admitting that you have sinned. It means turning to God. It means agreeing with God's take on your life. Listen, when I heard the gospel, it offended me. 
I was sitting in jail as a 16-year-old, and I heard the gospel. It offended me because I didn't want to be told I was in sin. But when I agreed with God and repented, my whole life changed. Anything that does not point, reveal, and lead people to Jesus Christ is not the gospel. Amen. This lack of gospel preaching sends unsaved New Agers straight into a Christless eternity. The message of the real Jesus is that people must repent by confessing their sins, placing faith in him as Savior and Lord. Listen to what he said. God sent his son into the world to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Then he said, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Well, how, how do you argue with that? It's clear as crystal. The last thing that a New Age Jesus teaches, there's many more, but here's a main one. There are many ways to heaven. Doesn't matter how you get there, God sees your sincere heart. If you're sincere, God sees it. There's many ways. In fact, the New Age Jesus loves the coexist bumper sticker. How many of you know what I'm talking about, the bumper sticker? You get behind the person with that coexist bumper sticker, and there's those seven symbols. Uh, and the coexist is an acronym for all the different religions. So let me tell you what they are real quickly. The most popular bumper sticker version of this is starting with co-C, an Islamic crescent moon for the C. So Islam. Then for the O, a peace sign. Peace, man. Right? Then the Hindu Om symbol for the E in exist. A star of David for the X, a pentagram for the dot of the I, and a pentagram is a satanic worship symbol. A yin-yang symbol which today symbolizes myth, magic, astrology, and witchcraft for the S. And a Christian cross for the T. And here's the message of the coexist bumper sticker. They're all the same. They're all viable ways to heaven. All of them. Doesn't matter which one, as long as you're sincere. But that's not what the real Jesus said. The New Age Jesus loves that bumper sticker. The New Age Jesus is all behind it. The New Age Jesus honors diversity over truth. Compromise over obedience and good works over grace. The New Age Jesus preaches inclusion as its top value over the exclusive one-wayness of Jesus. The New Age Jesus has found its way into Christian thinking in ways that would probably shock us both if we knew the extent. One megachurch pastor, Baptist pastor of a 10,000-member church, recently shocked his congregation by saying, and I'm giving you a direct quote, there are multiple ways to get to God. The key is you believe in God, and whatever your path is to God, I celebrate that. That sent shockwaves through his congregation. There were tens of thousands of responses on their website, but he didn't recant. 
There's not multiple ways to reach heaven. There's a broad way that gives you many ways to miss heaven. But there's a narrow way that gives you one way to find heaven. The Bible says there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Let's stand together. So let the real Jesus stand up. You see why? Um, and I'm telling you, folks, what I share with you today, this is what is dividing the sheep from the goats and churches and denominations are buying into the New Age messages. Inclusion, there's no real right and wrong. There's many different ways. But I cannot go there. Because... Listen, I tried the meditation Buddhism thing. I did. I went into the woods and got in a lotus position and started saying Aum over and over again to become one with the universe. And all of a sudden I realized I was covered with ants. And you know what? It was like God saying to me, wrong way. But when I called out on Jesus. I didn't get a New Year's resolution or I didn't get rehab. I called on Jesus. And there was a miracle. So let's bow together right now, can we? Forget about the person next to you. I just want to talk to you, just you and me. I'm talking right to you. Just pretend we're walking down a street together and we're just talking. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin? Because repentance is the beautiful door that you walk through into eternal life. Have you ever said, Jesus, forgive me? I did, sitting in jail. I did. Have you done that? Well, I was raised in church. That's not what I'm asking. Well, I've always believed in Jesus. Well, I want to know, what does that mean? Have you ever said, Jesus, forgive me? To the real Jesus. And... Come into my heart as my Savior and Lord. Have you ever done that? I'm going to invite you to do it right now. I want to invite you to pray the most powerful, crucial prayer of your life. Have you ever let him into your heart? I would not go out in the parking lot and get in a car and go down the highway if I was not sure. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is not something you put off. You may not have another day to put it off. So I'm asking you, have you done it? I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and I'm inviting you to pray it with me. Say this, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, you can do it. If you need it, if you think you need it, pray it. Lord Jesus, 
I believe you died for me and rose from the dead to save me. Forgive me of my sin. All of it. I repent. I turn from it. And I turn to you. And I place my faith in you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, guide my life from this moment forward. Amen. Now with our heads bowed, say, Jeff, I prayed that with you. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. But raise your hand. Just raise it long enough for me to see it. Bless you. I see you and see you. Put your hand up high. Amen. All over the place. Yes, way back in the back. Amen. I see you. Many people. Everybody with your hand raised, look right at me. In, in just a moment, I'm going to dismiss this service. And I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you do this? Would you come down? When everybody else is going out this way, you come this way. I'm going to stand right here. And I want you to come and say, Jeff, I prayed with you. And I want to give you something real important to take home with you. And I want to rejoice with you. Would you do that? He said, I got to get to a restaurant. Do it, and you'll get a better seat at the restaurant. That, I just believe in God for that. But seriously, you need to tell somebody, come down and tell me. And I want to pray with you. Would you do that? Say amen. All right. Uh, how many of you are so glad you came to church today? Amen. Amen. Now, I want to be real clear about one thing before we dismiss. I don't care what walk of life you're coming here uh, out of. I don't care what walk of life you're in. I don't care if your hair is purple or blue or if you're covered with tattoos. I don't care if you don't look like me. I don't care if you don't act like me. I want you to know that all people are welcome here. All people. All of you. I would never ask anybody, well, you're not welcome here. That's not this church. That's not this church. We have every walk of life coming in here, and I want you to know God loves you. He loves you. And I want you to know you're welcome and you're loved. Amen?